This is episode 129 of AA Beyond Belief. Hello and welcome to AA Beyond Belief. The episode you're about to hear is a conversation I had last summer with Dave E. from Toronto, Ontario. Uh, This was just before I went to uh, the Secular Ontario AA Roundup, where I actually got to meet him in person, which was a lot of fun. Um, You'll like this podcast, though I will warn you, the sound quality is a little bit iffy. Um, What the deal is, it sounds like Dave's on AM radio, whereas I'm on FM radio, and I'm not sure why that happened. It didn't sound like that when I was talking to him. But anyway, don't let that stop you from listening to this conversation. I, I really enjoyed this podcast. It was really fun talking to Dave. What I found most interesting is we got into a little bit of a discussion about what we do with our sobriety. I mean, when you think about it, drinking takes up a lot of time, and we've got to fill it with something. And hopefully what we're filling our time with is good for us. It is something that we enjoy. You know, I I spend a lot of time with the website and this podcast, but lately um, I've gotten back into running again, and I am so happy about that. I'm not running like um, incredibly long distances, but I've been able to run like two miles at a time, and I'm not running real fast either, but I'm running enough that it feels good. It feels good to be back at it again. And I feel like I'm getting a little bit more balanced. So the running is good to do. I've also been reading a little bit more. Um, I just finished reading the book, um, Bill W. and Mr. Wilson by Matthew J. Raphael. And basically it's a book that takes a look at the historical Bill Wilson and the myth of Bill W. And what's kind of interesting about that is Bill Wilson himself was aware of these two different personalities. You know, he had this this cult built around him as Bill W., the founder of AA. And, you know, he would tell stories that would just kind of go with the myth, but it wasn't always necessarily who he really was. And so that was an interesting book. Um, I was going to write a book review of it, but I find writing book reviews to be really, really difficult. I mean, a huge amount of work. And I had been working on this one. I just couldn't get anywhere. So um, last week, I was watching some videos on YouTube about how to write book reviews. And oh, the, what I picked up on is what really is pretty obvious. And that's to read the book carefully, maybe read it more than once, take notes while you read it, um, and then put your, your book review together. So I'm going to read the book another time, but this time I'm going to read it more critically and pay more attention and I'm going to keep notes and, uh, hopefully I'll get that book review posted next week. That's like uh, seven days from now. Okay. Um, I'm also reading or not, not reading, but I have on my list of books to read writing the big book, um, the creation of AA by William Schaefer. Yeah. William Schauberg. Schauberg. Yeah. Anyway, it's a huge book. It's like 800 pages and uh, it's a scholarly work that takes a look at um, the history of writing the the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. So uh, apparently there's some new information in there. It's getting a lot of buzz. So looking forward to reading that and hopefully getting a book, book review written. Um, so that's about what's going on here. Um, you know, let me know what's going on with you. Uh, send, send me an email, john at aabeyondbelief.org. And now here we go. It's me and Dave talking recovery and what we do with our sobriety. Well, hey, Dave, uh, how are things going in Toronto? 
I'm having a great summer. Um, thanks for asking. Um, starting to starting to cool down just a little bit. A little bit of fall in the air, but oh, uh, that's nice. Yeah, but life's uh, life's treating me well. And uh, thanks for having me on today. Oh, great. Well, it's good to have you. Uh, yeah, uh, as I said just before we started, um, I'll be in uh, Hamilton. Uh, gosh, in like two weeks from now. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's been it's been kind of hot down here. It's it's starting to get a little bit nicer, but uh, it's it's just a it's just a change in climate. It's kind of fun to you know to, <laughs> this time of the year to go up there. But anyway. So, uh, thank you for agreeing to do this. You know, you were, you were kind enough to write in, um, you know, I did that episode where I was actually, you know, kind of seeking feedback about the podcast and, um, it was kind of funny because I was, I was really, um, uh, dead in the water for a while. I just wasn't doing any podcasting. And so I put that episode out and now I have podcast book all the way through the end of October. Oh, good. So I wasn't the only one who thought I should be on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a really good response, you know. Um, but, you know, do, doing this is a is um, really an act of service on your part because it takes a lot of it takes a lot of guys to put yourself out there. And um, it helps people, believe it or not. Uh, there's a lot of people in the world who don't have access to uh, hearing um, a secular person talk about their recovery. Sure. No, and I appreciate you saying that because as soon as I did volunteer, of course, you know, my, uh, I don't know, my inner voice says, you know, who do you think you are for thinking <laughs> somebody wants to hear hear you talk and to volunteer on your own to talk is like such a big no-no in the traditional AA meetings that I started with. Yeah, uh, uh, I know. I uh, <laughs> I had that complex for a long time and I still do uh, because, you know, for 25 years I went to a traditional AA meeting and it was like, the, the most important thing in the world was not to have a big ego. And so um, I would never be proud of any damn thing. I would never, I would, <laughs> you know, and uh, every once in a while still to this day, I'll say, you know, I'm proud of that. And I feel, oh man, that's a bad thing to say, but you know, it's really not that, that bad. <laughs> yeah. And you know, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm at a pretty good place in my recovery. Um, but uh, I think I mentioned this in my email is um, I, I did slowly shift over from traditional meetings to the agnostic meetings here in Toronto. Uh, once I, I uh, actually, I, I found them through the podcast, uh, ironically. But, um, you know, the, the more I spoke um, about uh, having doubts and, and being an atheist after a few years in AA, um, I went from somebody who was asked to speak quite often uh, to somebody who was never asked to speak anymore. Yeah, and I think some of that is, you know, actually, I, you know, I, I, I think, you know, new people obviously get asked to speak a little bit more because they haven't been, you know, so that, that, that's part of it as well because, you know, I'd already spoken a few times at some groups, I guess. Um, but when I did get the chance to speak, I really felt that that was when I learned the most um, about how I really did think about these things. So losing that opportunity in the last couple of years has... Uh, has been something I've, I've, I've really missed. So that's part of the reason I wanted to get on here is um, yeah, I, I do find talking about this uh, for a longer period of time with somebody re- really helps me understand where I'm at. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I, ha- I haven't really thought about this, but um, um, very rarely, if actually never, has another group reached out to my group and asked us to speak. <laughs> <laughs> but no, actually, no, I guess that's wrong. I guess that the, uh, we, they have for the Christmas alcathons that we have out here. That's, that's right. And we have spoken a few times, which has been nice, but, 
Well, and, and, you know, admittedly, I'd say it the other way around, too. I don't have our groups don't typically reach out to a lot of traditional members to come in either. Uh, and, we're and the same that way. Would be, uh, that would be a good idea, probably both ways. Uh, yeah. You know, we actually have a speaker meeting and we were we we're going to do that. And it would be a different thing for our group to have someone come in and actually talk about their experience in AA as a believer. And, and if they go into the God and the big book and all that kind of stuff, some of, some of the people in our group are kind of uncomfortable with that kind of talk, you know, so. And you know what? I, I actually can greatly empathize with that. I think that, that, that would be the same in my groups. And to be honest, it's probably the same with me as it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we go into your story a little bit? Why, why don't you, uh, if you don't mind, uh, share a little bit about, you know, your journey and how you got to where you are. Yeah, so just for reference, I mean, I'm not quite four years uh, sober yet. Hopefully, uh, you know, uh, I mean, confidently, I, I, I will be in October. Um, I've been coming around the program for uh, about an extra year before that. Um, but my story, I mean, the, the, the shorter version is, uh, you know, very typical, uh, a, a very withdrawn, uh, self-conscious, self-conscious kid growing up. Uh, if I look back, you know, tons of early signs of depression and anxiety. Um, and also, um, you know, I'm, I'm from an alcoholic home, um, and, and there's no denying that that's a big part of, of, of where I ended up. Um, I had a, uh, I had a mom who, you know, who ended up drinking herself to death, um, at, at around age 60. Um, and you know, I mean like classic, classic alcoholic, right? Like hard, like a hard, heavy drinker. And, um, and I had a dad or still do have a dad, uh, who drank a lot, right? Um, but uh, a fun guy, you know, very successful, um, good with people, a happy, a happy drunk, and didn't drink when he didn't need to, you know? Um, so I, I think, you know, for me, when I talk about how I got to, to where I got to, it was, um, you know, when you became an adult, you drank. Right. And it was just basically either you were a good drinker or you were a bad drinker. But either way, you were a drinker. That's just what adults do. Um, so I certainly uh, grew up waiting to get to the point in my life where it was my turn that I got to drink. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, um, I guess if I look back, I mean, right from the start, you know, if I was able to sneak booze or that sort of thing, like it was always as much as I possibly could. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I mean, this is the relativism that comes into everything is, is it certainly didn't seem excessive compared to my peer group for a number of years, yeah. right? It's, it's just what you do, you know? Um, you know, and then uh, through college or sorry, university, uh, after university, I mean, I, I, I tend to say like, I always drank. What do I say? I forget what I say now, John. Um, I drank inappropriately at all the appropriate times. So I, 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 I didn't drink all the time, but whenever I did drink, I, I drank as much as I could. And, um, I, uh, I had a, uh, a period in my early 20s where in an 18-month period, I, um, I got married, uh, moved countries, um, lost my mom, lost my sister, uh, my dad had a massive stroke. I had about an 18-month period where every phone call was some sort of disaster. Um, and I think that's when my drinking shifted into something I did for fun, into something I did just to get through, uh, get to through a day, right? Um, 
And I just kind of sailed along in some sort of, I don't know, plane of mediocrity for, for a good 10, 15 years, you know. Um, I had good times. I had some bad times. But, you know, like most people, that uh, that balance of days of when I was drinking to when I was not drinking really started to take a shift, right? Um, so instead of, you know, oh, uh, I went out on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it was like, oh, I didn't drink last Tuesday. That's, that's all right. You know, I'm not drinking every day. Um, and, uh, you know, I... We, we've all heard all the stories, right? So I, I don't need to get that, get into that. But, you know, by the end, um, you know, I was, I was about 230 pounds. I was um, having trouble walking up and down stairs. Um, my hands were brown and yellow from cigarettes. Um, I was on blood pressure medication. I was only about 33 years old, right? Uh, yeah, like I was, I was a mess. I was a mess on the outside. You know, I had that typical big red puppy face. Um, I was always sad. And that's the thing. Like, I, I, I talked about my physical appearance at that time, but whatever I looked like out on the outside, I mean, it was 10 times worse inside, right? It was, uh, it was awful, right? Like, uh, you know, and, and I've, you know, I, I don't know if you had the same experience, but, you know, when I woke up each morning, you know, it was with like this rush of adrenaline and panic of what did I do the night before? And I can't believe, you know, that I have to have another day, right? Uh, I just wanted to be knocked out right away, you know? Uh, yeah, so so at that point, it was kind of like, you know, do whatever I can to get myself to work, um, which I was still doing. Um, I was single parenting about five days a week. I, I was able to keep most of my drinking at bay and, and, until my son, you know, until my son was in bed. Uh, and it was, uh, it was just on repeat for a few years, you know, it's just like, you know, struggle through a day and a lot of, and a lot of pain and then drink as soon as I could at night. Right. Um, you know, and it, it got to, uh, it, it kind of came to a, a point where I was making some, uh, some allusions to, to harming myself. Um, you know, I, I wasn't going to, right? But uh, I think, you know, I was just grasping, you know, um, and some people took it seriously as they should. And, uh, you know, there was not an intervention, but some sort of, you know, some big push to do something, right? So I said I'd go to an AA meeting. And, and uh, you know, the, the woman I was in a relationship at a time uh, actually brought me, which was very kind. Um, and I went. Uh, you know, Toronto, I mean, there's meetings everywhere, right? It's very accessible. So there was one just down the street from where I was living at the time. And, uh, um, you know, I hated it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I, felt, I felt it was one of the strangest things I'd ever seen when I first walked in. Um, but, you know, I was still like, you know, I, I had no way to judge what was normal and what wasn't normal. At that but point. what did you find strange about it? Okay. Uh, honestly, how happy everybody was. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, for sure. Uh, all these smiling people and all these people shaking my hand and giving me their telephone numbers. Uh, and when I look back, right, those are great. Things. Uh, at the time, it was, it was so, you know, you couldn't get more different than what I was used to on a day-to-day basis. And, uh, and Johnny, you know, I, I actually, I thought, you know, people must be faking it, right? 
And, um, you know, I, I continued to go for a little while. And, and I was pretty convinced that it must be so awful to not drink that you had to really put on this face to show how happy you were, if, if you kind of get what I mean. Um, you know, but, uh, but I kept going. Um, and that was, I think, in November of that year. And I said I'd go till New Year's. You know, I had no, I had no intention, uh, no intention of never drinking again. I, naively, I didn't know that was part of AA. I didn't really know what AA was. I just knew I felt awful. Right? And I wanted to get back to the period where drinking was fun for me. You know, and that was, that was what I was determined to do. You know, I believed all these people who said they could never drink again. Uh, but I didn't think that was me. Like, who does? <laughs> right? But, but, you know, sorry, John, I feel like I'm, I'm going on and on here. But, um, you know, I do hear people who say, you know, they came in desperate to stop and they had had enough. Right? That was certainly not my, certainly not my, my reason, right, is what I'm getting at. Like, I came in to get to a point where I could drink again. You know, that was my hope. And, um, you know, so I think that was about six weeks. I stayed sober. New Year's came along as planned. I started drinking again. And by February of that year, I was in the hospital. Like, it was a very quick and speedy decline, right? Um, you know, and, and, and like I read in some of the literature, right, and what people told me is once I did hear some of this stuff, it's very tough to ignore if it does apply to you, right? And I noticed it, right? Um, so I ended up, uh, you know, uh, uncontrollable shakes and blah, blah, blah. I ended up in a detox center. From detox, I did like a day addictions program. And then I went to a 12-step uh, treatment facility for a month. Uh, outside of Toronto, you know, a very, very uh, it would have been described at the time as a step one, two, three boot camp. Um, and then I came out and I did, uh, you know, I did the things I was supposed to be doing, right? I, uh, I did 90 and 90. I got a sponsor. I joined a home group and I shook hands at the door, right? And, and I did all these things. Um, and I did them all at about 85 to 90% belief that I needed to be doing things. And, uh, and I mean, you know, I stayed sober. I stayed sober um, until uh, exactly eight months later. That time. And I just, you know, I, I just couldn't picture doing this the rest of my life unless I was 100% a hundred percent sure that I couldn't drink again, you know? Um, so with, with some sort of a clear head and some time, I, you know, I took the book's advice and went out and tried to see if I could do something. Right. And, uh, you know, that's when it clicked for me. Um, I had a beer and, uh, you know, as soon as I had that beer, uh, it all just became very clear that I wanted the next one more. Right. And, and, and that, that to me became, oh, that's, that's why I'm an alcoholic. Right. Um, and I, uh, I lost it about two weeks and then I went calling back. Right. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's been four years since then, but, uh, you know, that was all, I, I went back to the traditional meetings I was going to. You didn't know and, about uh, the secular meetings at the time. Is that right? You know, I had heard, I had heard about it, but it wasn't something, you know, it was, kind of like derisively, 
right? Like it wasn't really presented as an option, right? I just knew that they existed, you know? And, and, and I really like, for the first while, I really thought a lot of the people probably felt deep inside or thought like I did that a lot of this stuff was, yeah. was, you know, like maybe everyone else was kind of in on the joke a little right, bit and I don't right. mean to sound offensive, but no, you know, I hear you. Yeah. Okay. You know, I felt that way too. In fact, it's, I still kind of do in a way because my, what I notice about um, AA is most of the people weren't fanatical about going to church on Sunday or anything like that, but they did seem to be fanatical about AA itself. Right. It's just so weird. You know, it's like, I I don't think in any other aspect of their life were they especially religious really. No, and, and, you know, I'd speak to one person outside of the meeting, uh, and they'd be so, you know, well, I don't know, I don't want, it doesn't really matter political, but left-wing, progressive, et cetera, et cetera. And then we go in the meeting, and it's like straight dogma and don't, don't deviate, right? And, uh, you know, I remember, um, I actually pulled it out today because I hadn't looked at the 12 and 12 for a long time, but um, there's a part in step two in there where it talks about... Um, I don't know, atheists or the belligerent atheists being right. so proud of like rising majestically from the primordial ooze. And I'm like looking around, <laughs> I'm like nobody else. Is, and there's a lot of head nods going on. Right. Like, well, Jesus, that is crazy when you think about it. I mean, well, yeah, science says that we have evolved. And I guess from right. primordial ooze, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, but... Even when I think of that, I'm like, well, like, how is an ooze majestic? Right. Like, like, I, when I think of that kind of stuff, that, that really puts me in my place of being humble as like, yeah, we are like, to me, right. I am just a speck, right? I am, I'm just a speck. I, there's nothing majestic about you. <laughs> right. uh, and, 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 you know, that was a lot of this stuff. Like, so, you know, uh, actually, since I reached out to you, I went back and I listened to you and Ben oh. do all the 12 steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause that's, that's what got me into this podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this, this feeling that everybody in AA or every alcoholic is there because their ego was too gigantic mm. and they couldn't give up being, you know, the director of the play. Right. It's not my experience, right? No, it wasn't mine either. But, you know, I fit myself at that time because I was a young, fairly, I was, I was 25, whatever. And I just kind of fit myself into that mold. So, oh, I guess I must be a, a, a huge egomaniac who wants to run everything all the time. And that really wasn't who I was. No. And, and that's what I started to do with all of this, though, was to make myself fit into right. what I was supposed to be fitting into. Exactly. I, I wasn't majestic. To me, every day, I was the worst person in the world right. who nobody liked. And nobody wanted to be friends with. And that's why I drank. Now, I found ways to make that about my ego. Yeah, my right, ego. right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm the worst person in the world. So that, right? Like, so yeah. there's my ego there, right? I'm not yeah. just about, you know, anyway. So I did this with, with all of these, you know, mental gymnastics to try to make myself fit into what other people were saying. Mm-hmm. And I got very good at the language. Yes. Right? And, and, and I've heard you, you speak about this uh, with others as well is, um, you know, step two comes up and I'm like, oh, I think Ben said this, but, you know, I'm like, okay, roll the tape here. What is it I say about step two? And right. that's what I would share. 
because yeah. I had a I had a smart thing that was kind of funny and would get some laughs, but had a smart you know a dramatic ending maybe, right? And and would fit the narrative that I was supposed to say, and I would say it, you know. Um, there's a I think it's at the it's at the end of how it works where it talks about um, you know no 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 human power could have relieved us of our alcoholism, and then the last is that God could and would if He were sought. Right. And I used to speak, and I I stole this from somebody, but I'd say, well, it doesn't say God has to be found. Right. I, so I'll just keep looking, yeah. and that'll keep me sober. And everybody would start applauding, and and that was my big finish, you know. Right. Right. But it, it, it's not, it wasn't really how I felt at all. Uh, we know how to please the crowd. <laughs> I, I, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, right. and I, I, uh, I sometimes feel bad about that, how, um, and especially recently, I've been kind of reflecting upon my early years in the program. And I sometimes feel bad that I was so quick to conform. Mm, sure. It concerns me. Now, I don't know if I'm that way now. I, I, I suppose to a certain I don't think extent, you are, John. I hope not, but I think to a certain extent it's human nature and right. maybe it, it, maybe it takes a lot of effort to not conform. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, 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 and on that, you know, I, I do put the caveat in here is I did get sober doing all of that. Yeah. That's the thing. Me too. Right. And, and it's funny because I have people who, uh, who I'm close with in agnostic AA who never went through traditional meetings. Mm. And, and, and sometimes I almost feel a little bit, I don't know if embarrassed is the right word, but I kind of wish I didn't do it that way, <laughs> even though it's the way that works for me. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I just couldn't, you know, I, I just couldn't keep, I, I think some of this program is, well, most of this program is about finding out who you really are and being authentic. Right. Yeah. So how can I keep going to meetings and being inauthentic if, if that's supposed to be the center of my recovery, you know, yeah. uh, to always bite my tongue, to always be afraid of saying what I really wanted to say, you know, and, and I used to sit there. I remember times like when I was earlier, like I'd be near tears at a speaker meeting, just wanting one person to get up there and talk about doing it in a secular way mm-hmm. right? or not putting it all on God's hands, mm-hmm. you know. Just one person. I, I, I didn't hate that that people got sober that way, but I just needed to see somebody who got sober a way that I needed mm-hmm. to. You know? um, and uh, funny enough, um, some of that, uh, you know, the court stuff going on with the groups in Toronto mm. was, was happening. Uh, and that's actually what led me into this podcast. Mm. Um, you had a guest on to speak about that at the time. And, you know, I'd go to our business meetings or district meetings and hear people rail against it, having never been to a meeting. Right. An agnostic meeting. And I'm like, what am I doing <laughs> being angry about traditional meetings, arguing on behalf of agnostic groups in Toronto? And I'd never been to uh-huh. one. Right? So that's I went. Funny. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, that's how, you know, how many, how strong the blinders I, I, I had been, been going into meetings with, right, is, is I better not ever deviate or I'm going to relapse, right? Can't reduce my meetings or I'm going to relapse, right? Um, you know, that, that fear that you get told all the time, you know, uh, of what's guaranteed to lead to relapse um, really, really did scare me in my early days, you know, and maybe rightfully so, right? Uh, but I, I, you know, so I, I started to, to attend, uh, the other meetings in Toronto and, you know, my goodness, it was like, 
it was taking a, a, you know, a piano off my shoulders, right? It was just like, oh, other, there's so many other people, you know? There, there's so many other people, and, and I don't have to translate anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, 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 and I think that's probably the most common thing, right, is, is I, I, I do think there's great messages that come out of traditional AI. Mm. But I needed to put in like two stages before they made sense to me. Right. Okay? Um, and, and I think it's an awesome idea to write out the steps in, in your own way. But I also, yeah, and, but I also sometimes want to just like hear it <laughs> from other people um, and, and not have to do two levels of translation to see, okay, so how can this apply to me? Well, that 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 is that's uh, that is really interesting. That whole thing about having to translate into um, a, a, in my own way, and you know, I was actually when I look back upon on it, I was doing that from the very beginning on a on a deep subconscious level. Um, so, in other words, I would hear I would hear something about people talking about you know you should pray and all this kind of stuff, and I would internalize myself say, well there must be some psychological benefit to praying. (laughs) So that's how, that's how I would rationalize it in my head, but I wouldn't speak about it in that way. When I was at the meetings, I'd say, yes, I get on my knees every day and all that kind of crap. But really from the very beginning, I was doing that, but I never actually thought about even changing the wording of the 12 steps in my, in my own vocabulary. Gosh, until about, well, five years ago when I discovered this whole agnostic AA thing on the internet. And I don't know if it was from Roger's site, um, uh, what it was, um, some other agnostic site, but then I realized that, oh, that's a good idea, you know, and I, and I did that myself. Right. And that was, that, that always surprises me. I, I always, you know, uh, make these assumptions that, you know, I, I forget that you haven't always, been an agnostic AA, right? No, not at all. A number of years in traditional AA, right? 25 years, yeah. We didn't wow. have that option in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I didn't realize this, but two years before we started our group in nearby Lawrence, Kansas, they did have an agnostic group that was meeting. And I didn't know about it. So for two years that we had one around in this area, didn't know about it. And um, so in 2014, when we started our group, I, I did go to that meeting. And with a with a friend of mine, and it was so cool to finally <laughs> a meeting where you didn't have that uncomfortable period of having to hold someone's hands and pray. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, it's just relief, right? Like, and and you know, I mean, I, it's funny because I know other people who listen to this podcast, which I, I I'm not biting my tongue when I say this, but you know. No meeting to me is, is exactly how I wish every meeting would be. Right? And, and, and that was a good learning, too, because, I, you know, not everybody in agnostic AA uh, thinks the exact way that I do, of course. Of course, right? And there's different, there's, there's a spectrum to agnostic and atheist AA as well that sometimes may lead into its own sort of dogma in its own way, uh, an immediate rejection of some words. Right. Um, but that's okay. Right. And, and I think the difference is, 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 is in, is in the meetings I attend, you can, you can say something that's up for debate. Right. And, and, and that's okay because you're there to get sober. 
Right. And you can say something that doesn't conform to, to even agnosticism or atheism, but it's okay because you're just there to get sober. Right. And, and at the end of the day, I, I don't care what way anybody's doing this. Right. It, it's just, is it working for you? Right. And, and, and I, you know, this, this whole, you know, if the way you're doing it is different than is laid out in the book, that maybe you weren't an alcoholic to begin with. You know, that's just such a, such a dangerous message to, to get put out there, you know? Yeah, that is. That it's is. Not fair. Yeah. I actually, I started hearing that online um, in some, and I had to leave all these groups, these, um, these Facebook groups for AA, where if I, if I were to um, write something, sort of a post about something, then someone would um, say I wasn't a real alcoholic if I wasn't doing it the God way or something like that. That's not as dangerous stuff to say, you know, um, they, that's not right. You're not supposed to, that's, it's, it's, it's um, up to the individual to determine if they want to stop drinking and why. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and also how they want to get sober and how they want to get sober. That's right. So tell me this. So what do you like to do now? Um, I see you're wearing a, a, a t-shirt with a bicycle on it. Are you a cyclist? <laughs> I, I am. I, uh, I, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a, what you would call a sports cyclist. Uh -huh. um, I'm, uh, I actually do a lot of advocacy work here in Toronto on uh, active transport. So cycling as mobility, right? Uh -huh. Safer streets, uh, yeah. better infrastructure, that sort of thing. Um, that, that, that's a good question, though, because that is what you're left with, right? Is what uh -huh. do you like to do now? Yeah. You know? And, uh, boy, I've had a tough time figuring that out, you know? Um, you, you know, uh, I, 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 I think back to early sobriety and, like, you know, I just walked everywhere, you know? Because uh, I didn't know what to do with myself, and I couldn't sit still, you know? And uh, it, it's funny. I went down all these rabbit holes of, like, you know, I'm not making fun of this, but, Am I the guy who's going to start knitting? There's a lot of knitting in our life, right? Um, maybe I'm going to get, I always wanted to play guitar. Maybe I'll be that guy now, right? And then, and then John, if I'm honest with you, I did so many things because I was trying to get back in a relationship in, mm -hmm. or, or into different relationships in, in early recovery. It was, right. I would meet somebody who was into yoga. So now I'm yoga guy, <laughs> right? And now I'm Buddhist guy. Uh, uh, I ran a I, I ran a half marathon because I was trying to date a girl who was into running. You know, what I mean? like, like talk about you know, and, and and the thing is, is none of these things worked out, right? <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, I got into Buddhism. Yeah. Right. I got myself back in shape. Yeah. Right, because I was running. I yeah. got into yoga, which is a nice part of my life. Yeah. So so in a in a, in a way, I didn't become the guy who does all these things but I became a guy who does a lot of things. Yeah. And, and now all of a sudden I have things in my life that I do. Yeah. Um, I don't know what, what age you were when you got sober, but my, my whole life became talking about things I used to do. Mm. Right. Yeah. You know, I used to be, you know, I was, I, I played football in university. I read books all the time. Um, I did, I camped. I played guitar, you know, I, and that's, oh, I used to do this and I used to do this and I used to do that. And uh, then it was just like, I just sit in a bar. Mm -hmm. I just sit in a bar and tell people what I used to do. Yep. You know? uh, and, and, and there was nothing to me, um, you know, and uh, I don't know what, like, what, what do you do? 
What do you like to do? Uh, I do this I mean, podcast, do basically. It's got to be huge here. Yeah. I So I got sober when I was 25, and I'm 57 now, hard to believe. So wow. yeah, 31 years. And um, so, yeah, I've had a lot of interest over the years. Um, I'm, I, uh, I'm into um, theater. We have actually really good theater in Kansas City. And so my wife and I will attend uh, plays and so forth. Um, a lot of people wouldn't know that about it, but about the city. But we have a number of um, acting companies here that are just fantastic. So I like to do that. Um, and I, I, at one time, and when I saw your shirt, this will kind of remind me of it. I loved to bike and, um, I wasn't like, I, yeah, I wasn't like, a uh, you know, I wasn't like in a bike club or anything or doing races or anything like that, but we just have a really nice bike trail, not far from my house. And I live like in the city area. So it was fun to ride my bike around the city. You could stop and have coffee someplace and things like that. Um, but I got out of it and because this website and podcast took up so much of my time. Yeah. You mentioned this multiple times when you were talking with Ben. Yeah. It takes up a lot of time and I have never yet found the balance to be able to, to do this and other things also. But fortunately for me, um, about several months ago, we got a dog an Australian shepherd and she's got a lot of energy and she loves to walk. So I'm, I'm taking her on walks now. We walk at least three miles a day now. Um, yeah. Um, and working from home, I take her on, I take breaks and I take her on walks a mile at a time, basically. So that's, that's been good for me, but yeah, the podcast has become a huge part of my life. This is what I, this is what ultimately I, I like to do. And this is where I'm spending my time right now. I've, I've gotten other things off the, off my list and this is where I want to spend my time doing this. So. Yeah. And, and I think, I think I've heard you mention, you know, in the past cycling had been your meditation. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Right? And that meditation was something you had never really. really I could never do it. I could never yeah. do it. But running and cycling were, were two methods of um, meditating for me. Yeah. It just seems to be, you know, uh, what, what gets you out of your head? Right. Yeah. Um, you nothing know, it, it, nothing it, it, was better for it though than running because with running <laughs> with running you would actually get into a, a groove where your body kind of just takes over you just get into this you get into this rhythm i guess where you're where you can your body is just doing what it's doing at the pace it needs to do it and it helped it helped get my mind i guess focused on I don't know. I just get a different zone. And I, and it seemed like I could think about things a little bit more clearly. Um, it just, it, it was very helpful for me. Um, so that's something I would like to get back to. Also, it's really healthy for a person. Um, yeah. I mean, t- tons of benefits all around. Right. And, and this is the thing I, I found with, you know, sobriety and listen, I'm very, you know, I, my sponsor who I barely talked to um, does remind me of this and not in a condescending way is like, I'm still really new. Right. Like I'm less than four years. And, you know, whenever it's so apparent when I speak to somebody who's been around for, you know, a few decades is like, it's a speck of time. Right. It doesn't mean it's unimportant. Right. Uh, but my, you know, when I look at how much my life has changed from just four years ago, it is mind boggling. Right. Like I'm a completely different person. Uh, and, and then I think, well, you know, I don't expect it to change at the same rate. But, you know, that's the exciting thing is I don't know where I'm going to be at 20 years from now. 
Right. Well, I've become an observer now in AA more than anything else. And I, and I get a lot out of it. So, and what I mean by that is I watch someone like you come in and get sober and, um, and then find, uh, discover things in life that you like to do. And I see that at my home group all the time, you know, people, you know, they're learning an instrument or they're, they're making friends or they're going to movies or just doing things that, you know, we couldn't do when we were drinking. And, and that to me, is what I think it's all about, you know, when, when I see that, I feel like, wow, you know, the program is working for them. These meetings are doing some good. And, 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 you know, you, to me, you just hit it right there, right? Is sobriety allows me to find things to enjoy or to participate in life. Yeah, it really right? does. Sobriety is not there for me solely to participate in sobriety. Meaning I, I go to meetings so that I can have a life outside of meetings. That's right. That's the whole purpose of it. Right. And, and sometimes I, I had a tough time reconciling what I would hear when I went from doing like 10 meetings a week to now one to three. Mm-hmm. Right. But I didn't come in. You know, I needed a cocoon of right. sobriety at the beginning. And it's great. Right. Nobody interrupts you. Right. Everybody shakes your hand. Right. Nobody, you're not allowed to argue. Right. So I needed that safe place. And it was a very safe place for me. It's not for everybody at all times, no. right? But it was for me. That was my experience. Um, but now, you know, sobri- I, I went on all these self-help, you know, spates when I was still drinking, right? Like I wasn't oblivious to want to realizing I needed, I didn't feel well, right? Yeah. So I'd get into meditation or I'd hit the gym for a month. But, you know, I, and I'd, I'd go to a therapist and I'd take, uh, um, uh, I was prescribed numerous different types of antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications over the years. But the thing was, is I did all of these things and still drank all the time. So those things never worked. Right. Uh, and so I quit because they weren't working. Right. Or they weren't working properly. Um, until I stopped drinking. Now I could go back and do those things. Right. I could go to therapy sober. I could meditate sober. I could go to the gym sober. Right. And now those things start to take effect. Uh, what I keep in mind is, and I, I'm very honest, I wish this wasn't the case, is I don't think I can keep doing all those things without still going to AI. Because right? if I don't stay sober, those things all disappear. Right. And for me, the only thing that's kept me sober was going to AA at this point in my life. Well, I went through a period of time after about 10 years of sobriety where I was not going to a lot of meetings. And the reason for that was um, I, I shifted my um, focus where AA was, was still part of my life, but it wasn't the center. It wasn't the, the everything in my life. I went back to school and I, so I was doing, a, I spent a lot of time reading and meeting different people. And I was, uh, do, I had a life outside of the rooms of AA, much, a much, much richer life. And, and my, it was a very exciting time because I was learning and thinking differently and it was a great time, but AA was still there. It was still like something that grounded me, I guess it was, still, it was still something that was important to me. And I never forgot, you know, that it's because I'm sober that I can go to school. You know, and ironically enough, I, I realized this when I was going to school um, after 10 years in the program, I went to this group that was very studious about, <laughs> about the big book. I mean, we had to read and study and all this kind of stuff. 
So I actually, it actually kind of helped me because I learned the importance of reading for the class, you know, <laughs> things like that. Yeah, so, so it kind of helped me get through, get through my degree. Um, my, my experiences in AA, like, you know, they help, it does help me, you know, uh, almost every single day in some way, right? Like, I, I'm very aware of that, too. You know, I've been fortunate enough that in, in my career, I've, I've, you know, so shockingly, since I stopped coming into work hungover every day, I've started to do quite well, right? So there's been a, a few promotions and, and, and a big increase in responsibility. And sometimes I go into you know, large meetings or have to put on a presentation and I start to get nervous. And then I just remember like, you know, I was cleaning toilets in rehab just a few years ago. And like, that doesn't mean I can do this. It just means I'm going to be okay if I can't. <laughs> right. Cause I've, I've been through, I've been through as bad. Well, you know, it could always get worse, but I've been through some bad times. Right. And so, so what if, you know, I mess up on a phone call or, my email has wrong, you know, it's okay. My world is no longer going to end over these type of things. And, 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 you know, my world used to sit in the balance over those kind of things uh, in the past. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I try to remind myself of that too. So it's been super nice talking to you. I've enjoyed this. Um, okay, great. This is why I love the podcast so much. There's nothing better for me than to spend a Sunday morning having a cup of coffee and talking with to somebody in AA. Oh, and, this uh, is great just... for me too. Yeah. No, <laughs> I feel, I feel real, I'm, I'm really happy I got to to, to see you uh, and 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 to uh, and to share a little bit. It felt uh, it felt really good. Uh, awesome. I'm hoping it might do. Yeah. Yeah, and I hope I get to see you in Hamilton if you're able to make it. If not, yeah, I'm gonna try to. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. And that's another episode of AA Beyond Belief. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you'd like to help out our site and podcast, there's a couple of things you can do. First of all, go over to iTunes and leave us a review, hopefully a favorable one. You can also help out financially with either a recurring or one-time contribution. You can do this by setting up small recurring donations at our Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash aabeyondbelief, or through PayPal at paypal.me slash aabeyondbelief. And you can always visit our site, aabeyondbelief.org, and click on the donate button. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back again real soon with another episode of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast.